Hi, and welcome back. It's another Monday with me, Kim. Thank you for being here. It's crazy how fast the weeks go by. I feel like this is a pregnancy phrase I use a lot, but the days are long, but the weeks go quick. And even that's like a newborn thing too, right? Like the days are so long with a new baby or even like the toddler years. Like for me right now, I'm like, yeah, the days are long. I am tired, but the weeks go by so fast. And before we know it, it's it's Monday again. <laughs> it's like, how did a whole entire week just go by in a flash? But we're here. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm so excited to chat with you about my labor stories. We're going to get into that in a minute, but first we have had a lot of visitors. We have had back to back to back visitors. And I know I mentioned this a few episodes, like actually many episodes ago, probably back in February at some point. This is the time of year. A lot of our friends from up North are cold and they are sick of the winter. It's still snowing. I, I'm talking two feet. They had 27 inches in Hubbardston, Massachusetts, which is where Justin and I lived for eight years. They got 27 inches the second week of March. What? So anyways, our family and friends, they are cold. They're craving this Florida sunshine and we are welcoming them with open arms. But we have had, like I said, back to back to back to back visitors. Um, My sister came to town with her kids. Justin's uncle stayed with us for three weeks. And right now we have Val here with us. Val is, it's amazing how we met. We actually met at a retreat in 2015, back when I was like, I had an anonymous Instagram page. No, my, it's the same one I have now, but like, I just like, didn't tell my friends or family about it and no one knew, no one knew about my like secret Instagram. I wasn't anonymous. I was still Kim, but I had like this little community online and I went to a little yoga retreat. That's what I actually, I told my friends it was called a yoga retreat because I was like embarrassed to mention I was going to like this wellness. I don't know why it was so embarrassing at the time. It's just because like nobody was doing this. It felt like, it felt like I was the only one. So anyways, I met Val there and we stayed in touch for years. She moved to Florida in 2019, maybe it was 2020. And then shortly after that's when we came down and she was, we were close, not like less than an hour away from each other. So she nannied the girls for a bit. She's been a nanny like her whole life. And now I'm so sad. She moved to Alaska. (laughs) She moved to Alaska with her new husband and she is back here visiting for the first time in almost a year. So we are so excited to have a little time with her and I'm just excited for her to feel sunshine again because Alaska is cold. (laughs) Um, So that's what's been going on in this household. I am a little behind on my spring cleaning projects that I told myself I was going to do. I have a lot of areas like closets that I just want to like declutter, purge, but I'm reminding myself I have plenty of time to do this when everyone is gone. Like I have plenty of time to do this when it's like a rainy stormy day. I have plenty of time to do this like at night after the girls go to bed. Like we'll figure it out. It'll always be there. But if you've been craving some spring cleaning, maybe we should like do a little spring cleaning palooza or maybe you could like put this podcast on or I'll have to do like a spring cleaning podcast that you can listen to while you purge. (gasps) Yes. Or like deep clean. That's a great idea. I'm going to have to write that down. (laughs) All right. A couple updates. I'm still drinking this noon brew tea, superfood beverage. I'm loving it. I went on their website and I um, was able to set up an affiliate code. Anyone can do it. Actually, a lot of websites have this. This is a little like side note. If you have a brand or product that you love, go to their website, scroll to the bottom and look for either affiliate or ambassador, you know, like way at the bottom underneath their address and like social media, like information, they have another menu that's like shipping returns, affiliate, look for affiliates, ambassadors, partners, join our team, something like that. Because a lot of These brands have programs that anyone can join. There are no qualifications. I don't want you to think just because I share links doesn't mean you can't do that as well. Like you can do it. Some brands have like limitations or requirements, but like it makes sense for them to just let everyone have a code. Let let everyone have a discount code because these, we are going to share it. Me as a consumer, I'm going to share my code because I've tried this and I enjoy it and I want my friends to save money on it and I want to be able to get points or rewards in some way. So that's just a little reminder for you to, or maybe this is new information for you (laughs) that you can go on a website of a brand that you love and become an affiliate for them. Not all, not all, but some. Anyways, I set up a code. It is something weird. It's like Kim2663 or something. I'll put it in the show notes. 
I'm still really enjoying that. It helps with mental focus. Like I'm leaning towards that versus a cup of coffee. And I I drink this like at 10 a.m. Right now it's 9.30. But this is my like first, no, I have my morning, morning tea, my early morning tea just to like wake up. Then I get ready, get the girls ready, do whatever I need to do with them. And around like 9.10, I will make this drink that I talked about last week. It's got some soul CBD in it, honey, and noon brew. It is delightful. I did like a... (laughs) I had a Target day, you guys. Like, I haven't done this in a long time. Like, I don't have time to just stroll Target, but I recently did. (laughs) And wow, I spent a lot of money. Now, like I said, I don't do this often. Typically, I will go into Target. I'll have like one section that maybe I'll get to peruse and pick out like a thing or two that I don't need. Or like, I'm just in there to get paper towels and soap and literally two things. And I will leave with it. I'm really good about that, mainly because I don't have time. But I had some time and I was just walking up and down the aisles. Ooh. And I was like, I'm going to start Easter basket shopping. So I start that. And then I was like, oh, we need cleaning supplies. So I picked those up. And then I was like, let me go look for Ayla's room decorations. So I was in that section. And then I was like, oh, there's some new workout clothes over here. (laughs) And it just snowballed into a $300 Target run. I'm sorry. It wasn't even a Target run. It was a Target haul. It was a Target peruse. It was an unnecessary spend, honestly, that I have a little bit of like, ooh, I haven't spent that much money and I haven't like done that at Target in a long time and I don't like the way it feels. (laughs) Anyways, so I did get a couple things. One, I got this cute sweat skirt. It is like a gray sweatshirt material skirt with built-in shorts underneath. My sister had sent me a skirt similar to this, like, eight to 10 months ago, she found a picture online and she's like, Kim, can you make this in your next clothing line? I need this skirt. And she found it was $80 for some like sweatshirt material skirt. And I was like, okay. And I actually have been working on another clothing line, side note, but I saw this at Target. I was like, Ooh, $20. It's like 24 bucks. I bought two. They are so comfortable. So we got that. I got this bra that I'm wearing right now. It's like a, a higher neck sports bra. I should have sized down. I think I'm going to go back and get a size down. And it comes in a couple different colors, but it's like so cute and feminine. It's like something I probably wouldn't have bought online, but being able to try it on, I'm an in-person shopper. Like I love to feel the texture and to put it on and to see how it looks with my skin tone versus ordering it online and not knowing and then getting it, not liking it, and eventually not returning it because I hate the return process. (laughs) So that happened. I had a little Target day. Also, I got some pajamas and... I've been on a little, Justin, I use this phrase, like I've been on a kick. I've been on a kick where I need, I want to look cute. I want to look, look at me right now. I have my hair up in a mom bun. I got my mama sweatshirt on. My hair is all like, it's not cute. I did leave the house looking like this already, but I'm going to go shower in a second. Anyways, I want to look cute when I'm lounging. I want to look cute when I am in my messy pajamas. Does that make sense? I want to have, basically I'm in the middle of purging my closet. I started with a couple sections. I still have more to purge and to just declutter. And I want to know that I can walk into my closet, throw on a sweatshirt and sweatpants because it's freezing out or, you know, I'm just going to be lounging, cleaning all day, but I want to feel cute in that sweatsuit. I do. I'm like, I want to be able to just throw on literally anything And my hair could be greasy. I'm like, I could have my eye gels on, but I still want my outfit to be like, oh, that's cute. How are we going to get there? How am I? So, and like, I'm I'm talking about like sweatpants and like, like, like I want a cute, I want some cute sets. I want some cute t-shirt short sets for like heading into spring, summer. And I want to be able to just put them on. And it's something that I could, you know, go run errands in. I could have that target day in my cute set, or I could lounge around the house in it. And I just want to feel good because when I feel good, it helps <laughs> if my hair's a mess or the house is a mess or like it just, it just gives me a little boost of confidence, a little boost of energy. It boosts my productivity when I just feel a little put together. And that's what I'm going for. I also want to look cute when I leave the house and when I'm like trying to look cute and I feel like my clothes are a little out of style. So I went on Abercrombie and Fitch and I have a couple things in my cart. I haven't pulled the trigger yet because they are trendy. I have trendy jeans in there. And if you have seen the trendy jeans scene, you know what I'm talking about. I found some 
loose fitting. They're high rise. Okay. They're not these low rise parachute pants, but they are high rise loose jean with a cargo pocket on the side. (laughs) You might be like, oh my God, Kim, no, don't do it. But listen, number one, I need comfy. I need comfortable pants. And I'm looking at these like they they could be comfy. This is another alternative to my leggings. I feel like I want to transition out of leggings or maybe limit my legging usage to like two days a week because I'm wearing them every single day. Yeah. I'm just trying to like diversify. All right. I want to diversify my portfolio. (laughs) I want to always be comfort. Comfort is number one, but number two is like cute. Can we make it cute? So I'll let you know if I eventually pull the trigger. They are having a sale right now as of today. It might be over by the time you're listening to this, but oh yep. It says last days today. Shoot. All right. So I'm going to have to make the decision. I'm going to have to make the call. Do I buy these 20% off if you spend $150? Dang. Okay. We're going to, we'll come back to that. I'll let you know if I pull the trigger and buy these crazy carpenter pants. Oh my gosh. What am I doing? Am I having a, am I having a midlife crisis? I don't know, but I think they look fun. I, I think I could have fun wearing them. Okay. What I've been watching, Jersey Shore Family Reunion. Jersey Shore Family Reunion. Listen, it is hilarious. I laugh. I love Vinny and Polly and Angelina and Snooki. Like, I love them. I've watched them for years. I can remember watching them in college with my friends. They would be on Thursday nights at 9. And we would watch it. Actually, no. Was it Thursday nights? I think it was – or maybe it was at 8. Either way, we would watch it while we were getting ready to go out. And then – we would go out on Thursdays. Oh my, it was like Thursday, Thursday. I just feel like these people are family. Okay. And I've really, like I said, enjoy, like I laugh watching them. They're on season. So they switched to family reunion, which is like, they just all get together for like a week or two and they condense like, maybe it's not even a whole week, but yeah. And a lot of it is like forced, like goofy stuff because how can they possibly do like a lot of crazy things to keep us entertained for a whole season. I, and they're all, you know, in their thirties pushing 40. Right. So <laughs> I don't know. They, they just get them doing like kind of silly dramatized things and it's just silly, but I just love their conversations and their banter and like the jokes. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. I, it's my, it's what I'm watching right now and I'm watching it on Amazon prime and I, I bought, I bought season six. Don't judge me. Listen, <laughs> I could take my $20 and I could go spend it on at Target. (laughs) But instead I bought Jersey Shore because I'm like, I'm going to watch this like one episode a week or whenever I'm like just getting some work done, making some Canva art, folding some laundry. It's my guilty pleasure. Okay. Spending, speaking of spending money, I did go to Ulta when my friend Maddie was here and we, we, I never know what to do in that store. I just like, I don't know makeup and there's so many sections and there's so many brands, but I went straight to the Peter Thomas Roth, which is the eye gels. And I, I'm, I'm stocked up right now, but I was just kind of checking them out. And I noticed next to them is a brand called Drunk Elephant. And they had actually reached out to me and sent me a huge package with a lot of their products in it. And you might, if you know Drunk Elephant, you might be like, Kim, that is the good stuff. But at the time when I received it, I was like, I, I have my Tula and I love my dime. And like, this is a lot. They sent me like the whole shebang, like cleanser, toner, like oils, gels, creams, lotions. And I was like, wow, this is a lot. And I didn't know what the brand was. Like I had never heard of Drunk Elephant. So I didn't really give it a shot. And after seeing it in Ulta, I'm like, I think I need to give it a try. At least like some of the serums maybe. Yeah, I'm doing it. And I will report back. That's all I have for skincare. I haven't really switched up anything. And I also need to schedule a hair appointment. I don't need to. I am so, I'm just going to like be grateful for a second of my hair. And I encourage you to do the same for yours. I'm grateful for the hair that I have. I'm grateful for the hair that I have. I'm grateful for the hair that I have. I finally got rid of the blonde in it because the blonde was turning my hair like brassy orange, not cute. So I I went, I'm like fully natural, like this dark chocolate brown. That is my natural hair color. I don't know whatever made me want to bleach the crap out of it, but I'm so glad I'm over that and I have no desire, no desire to change the color of my hair. And I never really did, like never drastically. Like I went with like the balayage thing. Blonde is not my color. I can't pull it off. It wrecks my hair. So we are here. We are going to rock the natural thing, okay? I'm also very blessed. Thank you, God. Thank you for at least giving me this. (laughs) I 
have very few gray hairs. I have always, every year, I always say to myself, like, I never have gray hairs. I have no gray hairs. And I just repeat that. I don't know if it's, it's definitely not true because there are a couple. Okay. There are a couple. However, I am grateful that I don't have to go all the dang time to get them covered. I can like hide them. I can like blend them in. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully you can't see them right now. But I'm due for like a trim and just like a little love. It's been three months or more. It's definitely been more than three months, but you know, I'm in the, I'm, I feel like I'm finally in a maintenance phase of my hair. I'm just like, I don't need to go. I get to go when I'm wanting to. Next, we're going to get right into this labor stories. This was requested. This was requested. This is something I've also, cons- I'm like, this would be a good episode. Like, I think it'd be really fun to share. I love hearing other birth stories. I love listening to them and I love sharing this. My experiences with others um, but here's here's what I'm going to tell you up front. Like, here's the the label, the warning label. Please, if you are pregnant, listen with caution. <laughs> I want you to know that your birth and your birth story will be completely different than everyone else's. There might be things that you can relate to within someone else's story, but you will have your own birth. You will have your own journey, and someone else's trauma does not have to be your trauma. Okay. I noticed for me when I was pregnant with Ayla, I liked hearing everyone's stories. I I enjoyed like just learning because I had no, like it was a whole new world. I was like, what? Wow. Like, wow, that's interesting. That's crazy. Um, I didn't know that could happen. And it was also like eye opening to see or to hear a story about, you know, someone who went in to labor and they were going to do the natural route and then they changed their mind, got an epidural. And then, you know, something happened. They ended up getting a C-section. It was totally unplanned and hearing like what I wish I would have known. Okay. Like I didn't realize certain things like that could happen. So take, basically, I want you to take what you want from this and leave the rest. If you're just here to listen, amazing. If you're here to learn and maybe apply something to your future birth, that's great too. But please please know that my story is not your story. Even like my own first labor was completely different than the second and completely, completely different from the third. Real quick though, I before I hopped on here when I was making my tea, I saw that Sarah Litt had her seventh baby. If you're not following Sarah Litt, she's like a huge influencer. I actually got to meet her in... 2021 when I first moved down here she was here for like an influencer event (laughs) like oh cool Sarah Litt she's a million followers and her page is mostly like cute family photos where you know all seven eight of them are matching (laughs) but they also do these very elaborate skits in their house so that's Sarah Litt she had her seventh baby in the hospital parking lot oh my gosh I'm like that's a dream like I would love to have a baby outdoors (laughs) Sorry, I'm like laughing at myself saying that out loud, but like, it's just cool. It's so different. Maybe that I'm only saying that because I've had three births in a hospital room and just the, like the excitement of like not even making it there. I don't know. It just seems really funny and fun and exciting, but she was, she stayed at her house until the last second, got in the car and she, no epidural, obviously no anything. And she's like contracting in the car. She's like, the baby's coming out. And the husband's like, you are not going to have a baby in the car. This is your seventh baby. This is not going to happen in the car. And they get out and the baby's like right there. She's like, she's coming. I think it's a girl. They're like, she's coming out. She's right here. And all these nurses are around her. Baby's baby comes out. Oh my God. It's so freaking cool. So anyways, you can watch. They had a reel. That just is the quickest summary of it. And I appreciate that because a lot of people, I feel like, draw out their birth announcements or stories or baby names. And I'm just like, they just, it literally happened. They documented it and then they posted it. It's like, cool. Not that they have to. Not that anyone is obligated to share anything real time. I just like, I just appreciated that because I know that's a lot of work to record something and then post it. So Sarah Litt had a baby. Um, Anyways, back to my birth stories. I actually have Ayla's written down in a notebook and I'm starting with hers obviously because she was the first but her birth was also the worst 
So, and I say that meaning it was traumatic. It was traumatic for me because I watched my older sister give birth twice. I was in the hospital, you know, from the second, like her water broke, I went there and we sat and talked and like she, I saw her have contractions and she was a silent, what she called herself, a silent sufferer. She suffered in silence. She did not make a sound. Her facial expressions, you know, she kind of like winced every once in a while. (laughs) She got Pitocin to speed up the labor because she wasn't progressing as quickly as the hospital wanted her to. And that, after that happened, I remember she did vomit one time, but then went back to just silently suffering and like I said, just wincing occasionally. I see, I, I mean, I could tell she was like in distress a little bit, but like definitely gave me the wrong impression of labor, Maureen. Like I had no idea what it actually felt like based off of her experience. So that's another thing. Like if someone has a really easy labor, that does not mean you will have an easy labor. And if you have, if they have like a really painful labor, that doesn't mean yours is going to be painful. So just listen, I had no idea what to expect, but I said like most new moms do. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm not going to get an epidural right away. I'm going to see how it goes and then I'll decide. That was my thing. I was like, I'm going to go as long as I can because I don't know what it's going to feel like. That's the thing is like, we have no idea. So anyways, with Ayla, I actually went, this is five days past my due date. I went to get a labor inducing massage from my cousin who was trained in different massage techniques. So she gave me a labor inducing massage. She used lots of pressure points. She worked on my pelvic floor, all my hip and all my muscle. Like she just hit a lot of spots that honestly it worked. It just did something. So the next day I had an appointment. They monitored baby Ayla, which at the time we didn't know girl or boy, we were keeping it a surprise from ourselves. We just wanted like a real surprise. At the doctor's appointment, they're like, hey, you, you're you having contractions. And I was like, really? <laughs> I can't feel a thing. This is cool. Is this what labor feels like? Because I'm good with this. It was not. It was just the beginning. So this is a Friday. I start having these contractions at the doctors. I'm like, cool. So I was like, well, what do I do? Like, do I go into the hospital room? And they're like, no, you go home <laughs> and you just like keep maybe get go for a walk, whatever, and just you'll know when to come in. Like when the contractions, you know, start to get like two or what was it? Two minutes apart. Is that too close? I don't know. Five, three minutes apart. They they said to just go home and to call, just call. I was like, okay. So I went to this festival with my sister who at the time now has her two babies that I watched her birth. And I remember pushing Aubrey in the stroller. She was one at the time. So I'm pushing her around up a hill, down a hill, like nine months pregnant, having contractions. And I'm like, I can kind of feel it. It feels like tightening. So I continued to do that. Went home, had dinner, went to sleep. I couldn't sleep. I was having like full on contractions. And I wrote, I'm not going to read the story. Hold on. I do want to tell you that I wrote it down because it was my, it was so traumatic for me. I wanted to write it down. This is so sad. I wanted to write it down so that I would remember and I would never have another baby again. That makes me want to cry, but like, it was so hard for me. And like, I emotionally wasn't prepared. I mentally wasn't prepared for this labor. Yeah. I just felt like nobody warned me. Nobody warned me that it could be traumatic and it could be sad and it could be, I don't even know. I'm like processing this. I like, as I, I need to process it every time I like revisit Ayla's birth. I just thought like after the baby comes out, it's just like magical. And for Ayla, it wasn't like, I love her. She is literally an angel, but for what I went through and we'll get there. But basically I wrote, I wrote down every detail and I wrote it not negatively, but just, (laughs) I wasn't in a good place when I wrote it down. Let's just say that. Okay. And I, I remember crying. I remember writing it out and like tears were falling down my face. And this was like days after she was born. I wrote, I don't, know which day I actually wrote this on, but she was like a few days old. We were home from the hospital. Anyways, I go, I'm contracting. I get in the bath. I try that. I try different positions. I made sure to eat something because, you know, they don't let you eat at certain points in the hospital. So 
did that eventually go in hold on i'm like revisiting my notes because i'm like oh what does this say oh i did um every time like right before the girls were born or like as i was in labor i saw animals in my yard like weird animals either like a big deer like a big buck which was not common or a fox or (laughs) just like a bear i saw a bear before blake was born just like random animals start coming around and that's kind of cool um but went to hospital still they checked me i think i was one centimeter dilated and i was like oh my gosh we got a long way to go so oh no i was two centimeters by the time i got to the hospital so i was actually proud of that i get in the tub at the hospital i was like i our hospital had like one of those i don't think it was a, technically a birthing tub it was like a laboring tub but i mean some, you could have your baby anywhere right so i'm in the tub it's warming up. I'm like, okay, these contractions are getting like more intense. I get out and I was four centimeters dilated. And eventually like we go on and I got to the point where I was like, I can't take it. I need the epidural. At this point, all my family is there like in the hospital room. I feel like this isn't going to be a thing anymore. This is a thing of the past after 2020, but all of my family is in the hospital room. My sister, my mom, my Nana, obviously Justin, my dad. I was at the point of the contractions were so intense. I could not speak. I couldn't use words. Um, I got the epidural. It it didn't work. Like I felt it a little bit. Like one of my legs went numb, but I could still feel the contractions like full on. They kept trying to give me more. Nothing was working. And they were like, the only option is we take it all out. The needle, the cords, plug, whatever. And we do it again. I was like, do it again and do it right this time. So they do it again. So I had two epidurals with Ayla that didn't work. I didn't know that was a thing. And I think that is what caused a lot of the trauma. Like I thought there was like going to be some sort of pain relief and there wasn't. So I wish someone warned me like in any of my doctor visits, they never said like, there's a chance that the epidural won't work. They always said, there's a chance you might not get it in time. Like if you get to the hospital late, if you're too far along, like you might not be able to get one. But I knew I was going to have time because I've already been in labor for 24 hours. <laughs> and I just didn't know it. there was a chance it wasn't going to work. So that was a lot for me. And I, I, at the beginning of that labor, like I had done a lot of the breathing I was very focused. It, it, I do feel like my fitness, my physical strength helped me with labor and like be, being able to relax during the contractions. Also, my mental focus. I had trained for this mentally. Thinking about like all the times I did sprints on a treadmill or on the Stairmaster when I used to go to the gym, when I was tra- running for a marathon and I had to just breathe through the pain. I was doing that for so long and it just hit me at like 10 o'clock at night (laughs) after it has been like a full, now at that point, over 24 hours, but like it had been like really intense, like active labor for, I don't know, like 10 hours at least. And I just was like, I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I didn't feel like I had the support. Like Justin didn't know what to do. My doula was doing a great job, but I needed someone to look me in the eyes and say, you're doing a great job. You're doing this. You got this. Breathe. Mother effort. Like you got, like I needed like someone intense with direct eye contact looking at me saying, you got this. Like focus, get your head in the game. Like I needed that, but I was so in my head. Woof. So basically, listen, this is the part, like I don't want to scare people, but I'm going to be brutally honest here. The pain, the only words I could think of to describe it was bone crushing. It felt like bone crushing pain in my hips and back. That's how I felt contractions. And I know that is very intense, but that was the only way, like at the time, like that's how it felt. Unbearable. And also like when I, I just, like I said, I was so in my head, I lost my focus. I And that's one thing like I really try to push for anyone who's pregnant is like work on your mental focus, meditation, meditate, learn to breathe, learn to come back to your breath because that is what you're going to need to do when you're in labor. That's one thing no one tells you. Breathing is so important. I was not doing that. I was screaming, literally screaming to the point that my throat hurt just as bad as my vagina after I had Ayla. 
I'm sorry. This is like not fun to talk about. I pushed for 15 minutes and she came out, which was amazing. That was the best part. Like she, I wasn't pushing for hours. It was 15 minutes, like, you know, once every minute or two. Yeah. And then she came out and I was still in a lot of pain and I didn't understand why am I in pain? I remember crying when my mom came in, not like happy tears. Like, oh my God, mom, she's here. I was crying like, oh my God, mom, help me. Like, what the hell? This is, I'm miserable. Like I was so sad and like holding Ayla didn't take the pain away, which like people had told me like, oh, once you hold your baby, like you forget. No, I was absolutely miserable for days after. Oh, sorry. Like, I just wish it wasn't like this, but that was my first experience and it was not a good one. It was not a good one. And like, I'm tearing up thinking about it because like, I just feel bad for first time mom, Kim, who like was so sad. Like I just want, like, and I didn't tell anyone that I was sad and I just wish I had someone to be like, it's okay. It's okay that that was not a good time. It's okay that that was, that was a bad memory for you. It's called trauma and we, we can heal from this and we can learn from it and we can grow. And I did take that with me of like, you know, it's only going to get better from here. I'm only going to heal. I'm only going to like love my baby more. But it was just like so disappointing when that didn't go in any way like I had planned. And honestly, that isn't even a bad labor story from others that I've heard. I have heard horror stories and it it's just like, I just want to shine some light on that, that birth doesn't always go as planned, number one. It doesn't. And you are not alone if your labor was not enjoyable and you weren't happy when the baby came out. (sighs) And also, this is another thing. I don't know if it's because I did not know the gender of Ayla, but I didn't instantly know who she was and like, oh my gosh, it's you. You're here. Like, I was like, who the heck is it? Like, I felt like I didn't have that connection. I feel like weird admitting that, but like I didn't have any connection to her when she was born. Another thing I wasn't prepared for. All right, let's move on. So that's Ayla's story. It is the worst. I know, but we're going to get better. So then I'm pregnant with Rosie and I had a textbook labor with her. Okay. I go into labor. Actually that morning, Justin took Ayla. They went like up North to New Hampshire to go get some parts for Justin's tools or something. And I had a nice quiet day at home. I did a workout. I showered. I did my hair. I got um, my, I don't have it anymore, but my FlexiSpot desk bike that came in the mail and I like carried it inside and assembled it (laughs) and it is not light. I kind of like pushed it. I didn't carry it. I maneuvered it indoors, assembled that, took some cute pics, got some work done. And this is on a Saturday too. And then I was like, oh, I'm having contractions. Justin's home. And I was like, yeah, actually this is happening really fast. And his dad was the one that was going to watch Ayla and he was taking forever to get there. And I was like, babe, I, it's happening. Like he needs to get here. It's getting really intense, really freaking fast. And I was just like, I was at that point where I didn't want to be around anybody. Like I prefer to labor by myself than in a group. It's not a group project, you know, where everyone's standing around looking at you, which by the way, I didn't mention that when at one point I had to tell Justin, I didn't even tell him because I couldn't speak with when I was with pregnant with Ayla or in labor. I just like, I don't even know. I must have muttered something and he just knew to kick everybody out of the room. I wanted my mom to stay, but I couldn't, I couldn't even say that. I couldn't get the words out that I wanted my mom with me and everybody else out, but they all left. You know what happened? Maybe if my mom stayed, it would have been better. I don't know. We cannot go back in time. Anyways, with Rosie, I was waiting in my garage, standing outside the car because I couldn't be sitting. I have to be standing, laboring. And I'm like, when your dad gets here, we are leaving. <laughs> I was, And mind you, this is 41 weeks pregnant, 41 weeks, way past my, not way past, but past my due date. Um, he finally gets there and Justin flew to the hospital. We are driving so fast because I hate sitting during the contractions. I can't do it. I have my head out the window. (laughs) It's October. It was chilly, but I'm like out the window moaning because, you know, sometimes that feels good to like verbally let out the intensity. And I learned you're not supposed to call it pain. It's, it's an intensity. It's not pain. It's intensity. It's how you're interpreting it. Someone told me that. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to try this out because I'm all about like mindset and like reframing your words and using your language to promote 
positivity. So I'm like, sure, it's intense. So I'm having these intense contractions with my head out the window, literally screaming and <laughs> moaning. Justin was freaking out like because he couldn't get there fast enough. And he also thought we were going to get pulled over. <laughs> but here's a, like a pro tip. I loved having the heated seat on. So in between contractions, I would sit back down, lay down, and it just felt so good. I was like, oh, this is a this is a labor hack. Heated seats in the car. If you got them, turn them on. Or cooling seats if you have that feature and that feels good. Or maybe bring a heating pad if you have the time. <laughs> you might not have the time for that. Anyways, we get to labor. My mom and sister are there again. Um, I get an epidural. My doula is there. Get an epidural. It works. I had my first epidural that worked and we're good to go. I was able to have my sister record the birth from over my shoulder, which is what I asked her to do because, you know, we don't need it. We don't need that. I wanted to actually be able to rewatch it with my family, with my girls <laughs> and not have them see that. So this is the only birth I have on video and I'm so grateful for it. Um, I pushed with Rosie for eight minutes. She came out and it was beautiful. Like that's what I had pictured for Ayla. <laughs> it didn't happen. So I had that. I had the crazy first birth, the textbook second birth. And that's really it. Like Rosie was my heaviest baby actually of the three. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything. Like I had my doula there. Then we have my pregnancy with Blake. It's 2020. Life is weird. Things are crazy. I had actually looked into doing home births when I was pregnant with Blake because it was questionable. I didn't even know if Justin was going to be able to be in the room. I was hearing rumors or seeing people online in different cities that weren't able to have their spouse with them, which was crazy. I saw women giving birth in masks. I saw, I just considered home birth. I was like, let's, why not? I mean, I'm open to it. At this point, I've had two labors. I know what it's like. I know what I need to work on to have a better birth, an unmedicated birth in a better way. Because <laughs> I felt like I had a medicated birth with Ayla, but I, I experienced it as unmedicated. But my mind wasn't ready for that. And I was like, I can get my mind ready. I called eight different midwives. Only two of them even considered taking me because I was already so far along. I think it was 26-ish weeks at this point. It was spring. And I was due in June. Yeah. And they were like, you know, this is risky. Or not risky. That's not a good word to use when I'm talking about labor. They were like, I typically don't take people on this far along. And then also like part of me was like, you know what? I don't feel like I have the time to educate myself and prepare and plan. And I didn't realize you have to pay so much out of pocket to have a midwife. It's most of them were like $5,000, $5,000. And then if you have to go to the hospital in case of an emergency, then you have to do that, which I never want like the price of birthing a baby to affect my choices. You know what I mean? If I want to have a home birth, I will make it work. I will save $5,000. I will find $5,000. I will, I will make it happen. And I was willing to spend the money, but I just felt, you know what? I can, I can do it in the hospital and I can do it my way. I can do it using the tools that I chose to gather. So I started gathering tools, right? I I started listening to books on unmedicated and like natural births because I like audio books. You might want to read. I like audio. I like to listen, especially when I had Ayla and Rosie. I was like, this is the only time I get to read is in, in my earbuds. So Ina May, Ina May, look her up. She's a baddie. She is a birthing boss. In the, She has like a farm. <laughs> I guess it must have been like the 70s. She started doing these like farm births for people. People would go there to have like natural births. And honestly, I learned so much from her book. I didn't realize that the way women give birth and like I've seen actually more of this on social media in the more recent years, but back in 2020, this is the first I had heard of it. But women give birth on their backs in a bed because back in the day, the doctors, the male doctors said, you know, you're going to need to lay down and your hips need to be up here so I can see better. So we were put on our backs for the medical industry, which at the time was all men. And I'm only saying that because like naturally with like the laws of gravity, it makes sense for us to be standing, squatting or kneeling and leaning forward, not on our back. Like that is a total 
opposite position for your body to be in. And you can look more into this because like, listen, I labored on my back twice, but I can't imagine if I had known this information, how much better my birth could have been. So I was learning, the more I learned, the more I was like, this is going to be better. This time around is going to be better. It's going to be the best birth because now I know why I had to be standing during my contractions. Now I know why when two epidurals didn't work, I was in misery. Like I was loudly suffering in that bed because I didn't turn over. I wasn't using the correct positions for my body. But I also didn't know. I didn't know this stuff. So also in these books, I will say there's a lot of birth stories that I just fast forwarded through because I'm like, I've had my own. I don't need to hear everybody's. I just want the facts. I want some techniques. I want some tools to bring with me. So I did that. I also, I was doing way more meditating during my pregnancy with Blake. After every workout, I would sit and meditate very intentionally. I would practice my belly breaths very intentionally, Um, just breathing, mindset, positive mindset. I bought um, some positive mindset cards, a birthing deck off of Amazon. I'll try to find one and link it here. I Okay. Other things I did, I got this tool from somebody online found me and they're like, Hey, can I send you this? And it was, it's an S curve. It Like she designed it. It's an S curve made of medical grade materials, but basically it was to prepare your perennial so in between your your vagina and your butthole, that's where you tear, right? And I did have a – I tore with Ayla. I had a small – like my doctor never told me like how much – like the degree because all my friends were like, oh, I had a second degree. I had a fourth degree. I have a third degree, whatever degree. I have no idea what I had. I just know I tore and I got a couple stitches. I have no idea. But this tool, you're, I was so nervous to use it, but it's to – work on stretching your perineum. Am I saying that right? Perennial? Perineum? It was to 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 work on stretching it because, and if you're like, oh my gosh, that's insane. No, no, no. Kim, you did not do that. Listen, she explained it to me so well. If someone told you, so let's say you're 32 weeks pregnant and they're like, in eight weeks, you are going to need to do the full splits. You're going to need to do the splits Whichever split you're picturing, like right leg front, left leg back, or like side splits, you are going to be stretched into that position. Whether you prepare for it or not, we are going to put you on a machine, let's just pretend, and put your legs in the splits. Will you pull a muscle? Will you hurt yourself? Probably if you don't prepare, right? So what you can do every week leading up to that is work on stretching, work on the splits. Obviously you're not going to be able to do a full split right away. That's why you work your way up to it, slowly stretching those muscles, trying different like butterfly stretch, whatever positions so that eventually by week eight, eight weeks later, 40, 40 weeks pregnant, your body can, can move in that way. Ding. That was like a light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh. So I take, I have this tool, (laughs) the S curve. I'm going to write that down. Maybe I'll have to link it for you. I don't have a code for it. And I've seen other ones on here and on Amazon. If you look up like a perennial massager, I think that's what it was called. Yes. Massager. That's why I was like, what is this thing? It's not. But basically, oh my gosh. All right. We're getting to know each other. But basically you you put this thing in slightly, right? You, you hook it in. I'm reaching around my backside. You hook it in there. And ergonomically, this S-curve shape works. And you just gently pull back and hold for 30 seconds. Now, if let's all just be mature about it for a second. Listen, this area is going to get stretched out by a baby's head, a very large head. It's a very large thing to come out. So the least we could do is prepare those muscles. And also, you know, there's so much focus on strengthening the pelvic floor, strengthening those muscles keeping that area strong, but there needs to be as much emphasis on relaxing those muscles because if they are too active, it's going to be worse in the long run, right? We, we don't want any any muscle being too tight or too active. And like, that's going to cause an issue in a different part of your body, right? Like if your quads are too tight, it could cause back pain. Or if your, um, glutes are too tight, your core might be weak. Our bodies are interesting in that way, but basically we need to be able to be strong, but also relax those muscles and stretch. Stretching is very important, especially when you're about to give birth to a baby. So I used an S-curve. I was doing meditating, 
We're reading books. I'm following more accounts on like unmedicated births. And then Blake's birth came. I couldn't have a doula. I I get to the hospital. Okay, so let's say I am in labor. I'm having contractions at home. Justin, I tell him, we got to get going to the hospital. What does he do? He pulls out potatoes and onions and starts chopping them. What are you doing? He's like, well, I got to make dinner for the girls. You do not. You do not have to do that. Um, They can have peanut butter toast. My mom is here. This is ridiculous. (laughs) But he full on makes them uh, an entire meal while I'm having contractions. Again, standing, rocking back and forth, you know, practicing my breathing. But literally, Justin, are you? I mean, I know you're a good dad, but like a baby's about to come out of me. Like, really? I have my mom take a picture of us before we leave. I look tired AF. (laughs) Like, I always feel like I look. Uh, back at my birth pictures and like I tried to smile but like you can tell I'm forcing it so bad um we I'm having you know those contractions on the way but I'm also like crying because I was like nervous but excited but scared but like we're about to have a baby are you kidding me so I'm crying I did I do remember videoing that just to like I wish I videoed like the entire thing the entire thing from beginning to end from our house like Take videos. Listen, if you're pregnant right now, video everything. Pictures don't do justice to the moment. You need to hear the sounds and to like see the different angles and and watch it play out versus just seeing a photo. I mean, pictures are great, but video is everything. Like you can relive the moment again. So take a video, please. Do it for me, please. I'm begging you. Get a GoPro. I wish Justin wore a GoPro the entire time. Or we had an old-fashioned VHS like video camera. Literally anything. We get to the hospital and I remember (laughs) we're outside the front door and this one woman sees me having contractions. I'm like leaning on Justin. I'm practicing these positions that also my doula gave me like she came over because she knew she wasn't going to be able to come to the hospital. She wasn't allowed to, but she came over and gave me some like positions to use to like you partner positions where like Justin's holding me up in different ways. I also had this like strap, this like birthing strap. <laughs> it's so hard to describe, but there's a couple ways you can use that. I had like a couple different massage balls. Like literally it's like a ball, just like basically a tennis ball. You could like roll on my back. So we're doing one of these positions outside. I literally just have my hands around Justin's neck and I'm like leaning my head down, just bracing onto him. And this one woman walks by and in true Massachusetts fashion with her accent, she just goes, oh, good luck, honey. (laughs) Like, wow, thanks. I love your encouragement. Like it was just like in the most sarcastic way. She could have said that. Um, But then we get inside. I'm like, I know last time I went to the hospital and I was in labor, I was five centimeters dilated. So I know I am at least five centimeters dilated. Like I know where I'm at. My contractions are close. They explain, there's two women and they're like, oh, this is the new nurse. She is doing her affiliation. Is that what it's called? Um, She's fully trained, but she needs to get so many. They're explaining all of this to me. And I'm like, literally just check me. And they're like, do you want us to double check? Because like I said, she is learning still. And I was like, nope, just freaking do it. She goes, you're two, maybe, maybe three centimeters. And when I heard that, I was like, are you kidding me? I thought I was like way further along. I was like, I don't want anyone to double check me because I cannot lay down. I cannot lay down. My contractions are so close together. Um, they're like, okay, well, we'll just shut off the lights for you. You guys just let us know if you need anything. So I'm like laboring. I'm like, I need an epidural. I could, I was like, you know what? I, I thought I trained for this, but if I'm only two centimeters, I, I can't do this. It's way too much. I want to put, put a little side note in. I was definitely way more than two centimeters dilated. That girl must've had tiny, tiny, tiny fingers or did not know what she was checking, but I was way further along. If I knew how to check myself, I don't think I could have reached around my belly, but definitely inaccurate because I was so far along. My contractions were a minute apart. We're waiting for an epidural waiting. And I am on the far side of the bed. I'm over, there's like a chair. So I'm like holding onto the chair. I, at one point I was like, I need to drop. I dropped down on my knees and I have my elbows on the chair. I'm like leaning forward doing this, like circling, like weaving back and forth type of motion 
breathing through contractions. I was doing literally such a great job and I needed Justin again, like I said, in that moment to grab my face and be like, you're doing this. You got this. Breathe. Breathe. You got this. But like I kept getting in my head. I needed someone to like take control and like wake me up and like just snap out of it. Like focus, focus, focus. Like that's what I need. I need extreme focus and I need someone reminding me to focus. So I'm on my knees. I Oh, I was using my app. I had a birthing app. There's an app, Positive Birth. I will link that as well. That was amazing. There's literally two buttons on the screen, right? Maybe it was only one. So you start having a contraction, you press the button and it helps you breathe, right? So it's going breathe in one, two, three, four, and out two, three, four, with this gentle music playing. And it just repeated that over and over until the contraction ended. You have to press the button when it's over, press the button. And then it starts telling you these positive affirmations, like you're doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I had earbuds in. I don't think they were Raycons. I don't think I had Raycons at the time. The earbuds were probably the Apple ones. They're falling out. They're falling all over the floor. I can't keep them in my ears. I was getting so frustrated because I'm I'm the only one keeping track of my contractions. The belly monitor that they put on me was falling out of place. Like it was not reading the baby's heart rate. It was not reading contractions. Everything was messy. I'm like, I needed like a birth person with me to like, like Justin was doing a good job, like emotionally support and just like letting the nurses know if I needed anything. But I felt like I was in charge, which is cool, but also not irresponsible. But like I needed another person. I needed my doula or someone like in charge. Okay. So at this point, I'm like, oh my God, I need to stand up. They raised the bed as high as it could go. It's basically at like my rib cage height. So I'm standing with like my hands straight out on the bed. They're trying to fix the monitors on my belly. They're moving. I'm like, I'm having a contraction. So I'm moving. And it's just, it's, it it was nuts. But this is what happened. That was like the highlight of my entire life. I'm still waiting for an epidural, mind you, that was supposed to come. And I've only been at the hospital for maybe 45 minutes. I started doing this circular motion with my entire body. I'm doing it right now. I was like out. It was not in my control at all. And I said, something is happening. Like literally I didn't have control over my body. I'm getting goosebumps saying this, but my body starts doing this cyclone. She moves her body like a cyclone. (laughs) Maybe I'm doing all that. No, but literally I had no control and it was really cool. Wish I had it on video because I I would love to rewatch this. I can like replay it in my head and I I yelled something is happening. There's only that practice nurse in here. Like... (laughs) practice nurse. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to call her. Affiliation nurse. Like she was in training. My head and my nurse in training was in the room. I yell, something's happening. I feel this enormous release in my body. And I have not publicly admitted this, but I pooped. Poop fell out of my butt. Ah, I pooped. I pooped. This is the first time in labor I've ever pooped. And it came out so fast. And also Blake's head came out. Everything everything came out at once. Liquid, solids, babies, just my entire body released all at once. Now and the nurse is in there. I was like, I can I put my hand down. This is the most incredible moment of my entire life. Poop on the floor and everything. I put my hand down there and I can feel her head is out. Her head is out. I didn't push. She fell out of me. Because, and I swear it's because I was just breathing. Thank God the epidural didn't come in time because I would not have had this experience. Her head comes out. I can't even believe this. And honestly, this is what I read about in the books. This is what I read about is babies are coming out. You cannot keep a baby inside of you. Like it just won't happen. Like people, this sounds so bizarre, but people have given birth in their sleep. I know you're probably like, that is not true, Kim. But like, think about it. Like a baby can birth itself. Ah. It's all about the release, like you letting go, surrendering, letting your body do what it's meant to do. Your body is meant to do this, which is like so crazy. And I'm like, again, so grateful, so happy I had this experience. So let me get back to the story. Her head's between my legs. The nurse is freaking out. She pulls the emergency cord in the room, like sending off an alarm. No one is coming. And Justin in, is on my right. The nurse is on my left. And Blake is in between my Blake is in between my legs. Then one of the nurses comes running in finally and 
this I'm like this might have only been like 30 seconds but it felt like five minutes and she's like you can't just leave her there like you've got to push her out and she kind of said it like just like that like well you can't just leave her there this is like Massachusetts people for you like <laughs> just like old kind of grouchy nurse and she's like yeah I gotta push her out and literally I with one push her whole body came out and Blake was here. Justin caught her and the nurse caught her and I caught her. All of our hands are just down there. She's slippery. She's rolling around. And oh my gosh. And I just was able, they untangled the cord is wrapped around the baby so many times. I've never seen a birth from this angle. It's kind of cool. And I got to just hold her. Oh my gosh. I'm going to cry. And they lo- they had to lower the bed because the bed is like four and a half feet in the air. They lower the bed down. Well, they, they were yelling at me, get on the bed, get on the bed. And I was like, it's too high. I need a ladder. But also I'm holding my baby. And also I literally just birthed the baby standing up like a badass. Like I felt so freaking powerful in that moment. And like, holy crap. And I w- immediately, that's when I was like, I want to have another. <laughs> Delusional girl over here. Somebody call the psych ward. This girl is crazy. Anyways, they cleaned up the mess behind me so freaking fast with their hazmat suits and everything. Like I didn't even see anything on the floor. Justin did. He was horrified at the amount of liquid and blood and everything else. But he was like, oh my gosh. Because when you're laying down and they have all those bags at the end of the table that catch all the fluid, you don't actually see how much it is. But when it happens on the floor, that's why when I saw Sarah Litt's birth in the parking lot, I was like, oh my gosh, that... Like, I kind of felt like, yeah, I birthed the baby standing. Like, it just... She just came out. Like, everything went everywhere and it is what it is. <laughs> that was Blake's birth. How epic is that? But like, could I top that? I, could I do that again? Also, no tearing. Hello. Thank you, S-curve perennial massager. Like, I didn't tear. No stitches. No, like, oh my gosh. It still hurt. But my recovery, best recovery. My like postpartum days, best postpartum days. Minus the fact that like I had two other toddlers at home. <laughs> I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. But yeah, so those are my birthing stories. Oh my gosh. Thank you for whew, revisiting. That was an emotional roller coaster of trauma and joy and sadness and disappointment and just memories like so much. Birth is like crazy. It is so crazy and is one of the few milestones in life that cannot be recreated you like you can never go back physically or you can never recreate that moment ever again you just can't and it's so special there's so many emotions wow so as you can see I have had my fair share of (laughs) births like I had bad births and I had good births and I mean I don't want to say bad birth. I had disappointment and not ideal versions. And then I had really good versions of it. So anyways, I would love to hear if you could relate to any of those. I hope that I didn't traumatize you because I totally understand like hearing someone else's or like it it can be triggering. If you hear, I might've said something in there that I didn't even realize that affected you in a way that you didn't even realize might've happened. It's crazy. Oh, but what amazes me and what helps helped me leading up to each of my births is I had to remind myself. So this is a little bit of empowerment for anyone that's stuck around and still listening. I had, I remember being so afraid when I was pregnant with Ayla. I was like, what am what is it going to be like? Like I had no idea. Like, cause you don't, you have nothing to compare it to. You've never experienced it before. You can't simulate it, especially when you're pregnant you can't like get a pr- labor simulator. Maybe you could do that for your husband, but what helped me is thinking, look at all the humans walking around this planet. Every single person came out of a woman. There are people giving birth every second of every minute of every single day. Someone is being born right now. Someone, a woman is pushing out a baby as we speak. And to me, that reminded me that it's been done before. It's been done before and it's been done over and over and over again. There are women who've had multiple labors, multiple births, and they can do it. So that means you can do it. You can do this. We can do this. It's incredible. It's crazy. It's wild, but we can do it. It's hard, but we can do it. And like just looking at all the moms out there, all the grandmothers, every single walking person on this earth came out of one of them. Wow. So that was just so eye-opening and encouraging. And I honestly felt like after I had a baby, I joined a club 
a secret club that kind of just exists among the population. And we kind of all like hold this powerful secret of knowing what it's like to birth a baby. And it is so special. It's sacred. It's beautiful. It's spiritual. And a lot of people don't talk about it. And it's just like a, a thing that gets lost in motherhood. It's like, oh, now we all have toddlers. Oh, now we're all potty training. Or, oh, now we're all breastfeeding. Whatever it might be. Like, we're all on this other struggle. But it's like, hey, did we all forget that we just did a really incredible, amazing thing and pushed a baby out? Let a baby fall out of you? <laughs> what? It's wild. We forget it. And it's so such a powerful thing that it should not be an under understatement. It, it's it's something we could talk about at any time, any day, any time and be proud of and like high five. Like I just want to high five you right now. Like damn right. That's right. We, we had babies. They came out of us. We grew them and we birthed them and now we're raising them. Now we're doing the hard part. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining me. I love talking to you. I'll be back with you next week. Thank you for your support and I'll see you next time. Bye.